Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Let's welcome Pastor Ross as he comes to share this morning. Thank you, Peter. Wow, God is so good. He's so good. I just love being with the family of God. The Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's not just corporately, that's individually and together. And as we worshipped earlier, I just felt these waves of the presence and power of God just overflowing us. I thought, wow. Wow, Lord, this is so powerful, just washing us, cleansing us, empowering us, freeing us, lifting us. That's what happens when the body of Christ gathers together. Let's reach up for the Word of God. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you for your living Word. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your presence. Lord, you take us on this journey of life and you help us in every area. Lord, you heal and restore us. You strengthen us. You empower us. Lord, you give us focus and purpose in our lives. And I just pray your Word will just be life to us now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's take our seats. God is so, so good. We need to keep praying for rain, hey? Two weeks' time, Sunday the 26th of February has been called a National Day of Prayer and Fasting for Australia. It's been called months ago, and so we're going to join on that day. We'll have a prayer and praise night on the night time, but we encourage many people to uh, join, and we'll have some extra time of prayer in our service. That's two weeks' time, the 26th of February, to uh, lift up the name of Jesus. Last Sunday, many of you were here, some of you weren't. Um, we uh, did a launch, our vision for 2007. I won't go over it all, but just a couple of key areas for those who missed it. And most of us forget because we live busy lives. So here's a very quick summary just of a couple of the, the key things. And I believe it's a year of destiny, of purpose, of favor. And uh, our vision, what we see, we've simplified that into four words, transforming lives for good. That's powerful, isn't it? Transforming lives, that's people for good. And so we have that vision before us of transforming lives and uh, the power of God flowing. Our mission, how are we going to achieve this? We're going to transform lives not by our cleverness, not by our resources, but through the love and power of Jesus Christ, by lifting Him up, by exalting Him, by letting His presence and power change us. And uh, how are we going to work that out? We're going to transform our community with a message of hope and love. And one of the key ways is by developing a spiritual home that's a safe place, a, a church, a spiritual home where people can come and belong and be connected. And many of you have been here for many years and you've been faithful. Others are new and the blessing flows. And there's seven key aspects of our church, our Bayside acrostic. And some of you know it off by heart. Others of you are learning it. B stands for Bible believing. We're based on the Word of God, not philosophies, not the uh, trends that are on Facebook or um, uh, on the movies. We are based on the Word of God. A stands for always generous. Always generous. And God's so generous to us, He amazes us so many times. We, we, we have plenty of needs, but sometimes we forget to celebrate the amazing blessing of God. And God's an incredibly generous God. And He blesses us and the family of God. I just get amazed how generous so many of the body of Christ are and, and, and serving. And uh, I just honor my wife, Mary Lynn, because she's an amazing, generous person. 
She's been so thankful for all the flowers and gifts that be coming. I said, yeah, you've been sowing them for 40 years and you're just reaping a few back. She's given thousands of flowers to others and food and meals and, and encouragement. I said, while you're resting and recovering, you're just getting a few back. And I remember just, a, uh, uh, just after we got back from hospital and uh, Marilyn's having a couple of months rest from public ministry and just being refreshed and let her body recover. She said, I'd, I'd love to have a, a new keyboard so that I could uh, play and worship and, and just have some time to write songs and just let the presence of God flow. And I said, well, we're doing renos at home. I don't know where we're going to find the money for that. And uh, I said, you better pray about it. So straight away, she prayed and said, Father, you know, you know this is a desire of my heart. And it would be lovely to have one. We used to have one years ago, and it died, and we buried that one. And and uh, and so, and she then she pointed and said, "This is where it's going to be." She saw it in her spirit, just right there. Well, yesterday she received it, and a family in our church who want to remain anonymous, they felt stirred to give a keyboard to Marilyn. They bought it around yesterday, and there, when I get back from fishing, there she is playing this lovely keyboard because she prayed, and God honored the desires of her heart. God's a generous God, and when we're generous, He just can't help but connect with that. So let's give praise to God for His goodness, hey? God's so good. Always generous. Let's have lifestyles of generosity because, mate, this world is so selfish and, and so much need, and we need gener- generosity. Why stands for? Yes to the Holy Spirit. Yes, so we make room for the Holy Spirit and all we do. Tonight, we're having an anointing service. We do this at the beginning of every year. We invite everyone to come back. We uh, do some praise and worship. I do a 15-minute message on what it means to be anointed and let the river of life flow. And, the, and then we offer to pray for everyone. Uh, the team will anoint you with oil. If you've written out some goals for the year in that goals list, bring that along and we'll pray for God to get, anoint us so that we can fulfill those amazing goals and visions God's given us um, uh, individually. S stands for service. S for service. We love to serve. And I thank God for the hundreds in our church who serve in all sorts of areas and for many more that signed up last week and said, oh, I'm interested in serving this. And maybe you're in our church or you've got a season of change and you're not involved in any area of service. I encourage you to consider putting your name down and say, hey, I'd love to drive a bus or I'd love to help on the morning tea roster. I'd, I'd, I'm interested in being on a frontline team or, or being a part of a prayer group or, or serving in kids' ministry or wherever. I stands for inclusive. All ages, all nationalities, all backgrounds. We want our church to be a place where anyone and everyone is welcome to come and be blessed, transformed, set free, lifted up, and then grow in their lifestyle. D stands for discipleship, training, equipping, releasing, mobilizing, Finding ways that we can grow in the Lord. And E stands for evangelism. In other words, we're not going to keep this good news to ourselves. We're going to look for every way we can to share, to encourage, to share the good news as Emma shared, that Jesus is the most amazing good news that we have. In 2017, our goal is to significantly strengthen the core of our church. That's people that are committed, involved, serving, saying this is our spiritual home. As the church gets healthy and everyone joins and does their bit, it's amazing what God does. There's an overflow. So our goal is to help people teach and understand the key aspects of our church DNA and culture. They've just gone through the Bayside acrostic. We want to double the number of our church partners And in the next few weeks, we're going to teach more about what's it mean to be a partner of our church 
in old terms, they used to use membership. We use partnership. I think it's a powerful word of joining together. Not a member, just with, you sign up and get a few benefits. Partnership is we're doing this journey of life together. So we're going to teach into that over the coming weeks. And uh, uh, in a few weeks' time, we'll have a night where people can come and do the, the uh, DNA of our church in more detail and then can uh, look at moving on to partnership. And we'll do that on a Tuesday night here in a few weeks' time. And we'll let you know more next week. We also want to equip and release everyone to fulfill God's call on their lives. Many, there's hundreds of people are connected and committed to base on their hearts, but we want to strengthen this by you joining in partnership, by growing and serving together. Because there's something powerful when you know you belong, you believe and you belong, and then you flourish. And I thank God for what He is doing in our hearts and our lives. I want to pick that thought up today of being connected and belonging. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 in the Amplified says, But speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing His truth. That's a good thought, eh? We can say all the words, but it says, Our speech and our lives expressing His truth. Let us grow up in all things into Him, following His example, who is the head, Christ. Verse 16, From Him the whole body, the church in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. That's a very powerful verse. Some people say, well, my life is not really going anywhere. Get connected to Christ and to His church and let me tell you, it'll be moving forward. Stuff will be happening. Change happens. It's a, a great place to grow and to flourish is the body of Christ. And it says, as each joint supplies. And I want to look for a few minutes today about how important each one of us are. We live in a very competitive world. If you're in business, there's always seminars, how you can outshine the other person, how you can get better at marketing and how you can get better at teamwork and how you can get better to manage your finances and, and goal setting and conflict resolution. And there's just so much stuff. And it's like helping you to get better all the time. And that's important to grow and develop your skills. But how awesome it is, is it, when you belong to a family in relationship, you inspire and support and you feel loved and accepted. And this, you just grow out of the overflow of that. And then you add some skills to it. But if you don't have the other, it's just a whole lot of work striving to improve yourself. But when you're with Christ and with the body of Christ, there's an overflow that just catches you. You just end up rising. I walk out of church most Sundays so inspired thinking, wow, it's so good, Lord, you stirred our hearts again. You spoke to us again, not to settle, not to be overwhelmed by sin or darkness or need, but, Lord, to arise that we can overcome. And it says, as each joint supplies, each part is working properly. Thank God the sound guys have got it working properly today. Otherwise, it's, you'd go out very frustrated. Thank God the keyboards are working today properly. Thank God Matt tuned his guitar before he started playing. When everything's working properly, thank God the people at the door met us with a smile and a handshake. You imagine if someone met you, they're all grumpy and says, come on in. You really want to be here today? <laughs> Not many people are going to show up, are you? No, we do it with a smile. We're working properly. 
and the kids team over there are loving your kids and, and making it fun. And, and when every part works properly, there's an overflow of life. You know what happens in your family. If you're married and have kids or if you're in a family or a group situation, you know what happens when one person's not working properly. They wake up grumpy every morning. They cause strife. They never do any chores. They never help out. It's always someone else's fault. Dumping and blaming. And hey, life just becomes such hard work when even just one out of a family isn't working properly, using their skills, their gifts, their heart, their passion, their experience. But when everyone's flowing together, it's a joy to be together. It's a joy to connect with one another. It's a joy to be there involved in the process of life. And sometimes we just don't, it doesn't work well, but God says there's a flow. The body grows and matures, builds itself up in unselfish love. That's a powerful thought, hey? Just being in a loving place, you're building each other up. Worshipping together, you're building one another up. Having a couple with someone today after the service, you're building someone up. Praying for one another, you're building each other up. I read an interesting uh, statement the other day. Sometimes we teach the gospel of salvation instead of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Salvation is essential, be born again. But it was only one small part of Jesus' teaching. He taught most of the time and said the kingdom of God is at hand. He taught about kingdom life, which is discipleship, transformation, long-term purpose in life, legacy. It's about living a godly life of character and integrity. It's about loving the unlovable. It's about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus spoke nearly all the time about the kingdom of God and yet we've sometimes narrowed it down to the kingdom of salvation and getting your sins forgiven and getting to heaven. That's one small part of what Jesus came to reveal and what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so God's always drawing us, saying, let's grab a hold of all that he is and all that he taught and let that life overflow and continue to increase. Also, the Bible teaches about the importance of connection to Jesus, but it also teaches the essential, how powerful it is to be connected to the body of Christ, His church. Once again, I meet people say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm a, I'm a private Christian. It's just in my heart. I'm thinking, wow, Jesus didn't seem to teach it that way. Where did we learn that from? Somewhere along the line, we let fear or pressure, or somewhere we thought, well, this, my Christian life's a private thing. That's not what Jesus taught, and it's not what the Bible taught. Some of us are more introverted people, and we're not sort of quite out there as much as me, because I'm an extrovert. But you can't live a full Christian life by just keeping it all private in your heart. It's not what Jesus taught. That's religion that's gone wrong. It really is. You are looking at me and saying, whoa, this is getting a bit scary. I don't want to scare you. I want us to live in freedom and overflow. That's why some of us are too scared to go to a life group saying, well, I'm this Christian thing just between me and Jesus. Folks, that's, that's not what Jesus taught. That's not what the Bible taught about Christianity. And we wonder why we don't uh, cause revival across our land. God's teaching us to be connected, to love his body, the church, saying, oh, well, I've been hurt in church, so I'm never going back to church. 
That is so sad, and it can easily happen to any of us, but the offense comes and tries to keep us away from the body of Christ. There's great blessing in being connected or belong to the body of Christ through the local church. How are we connected? We have Sunday services, and we have awesome times here. We have our small groups, so our church is growing larger and smaller at the same time. It's growing bigger with uh, large celebrations, but it's growing smaller because we're multiplying the number of life groups, small groups. And last week I talked about one of the ways we're going to do church life is LIM, life groups, interest groups, and ministry groups. We've got lots of life groups. There's a list down near the uh, um, information desk with cards of the different life groups and the, the leader's mobile phone number. You can find details. And encourage, if you're not involved with a, a life group, encourage you to get there. Because Even if you can only go, so well, I can't go every week. Even if you get there once a month, you'll build relationship and people will be looking out and praying for you and you'll be able to grow. I learned how to move in the gifts of the Spirit. I learned how to worship freely in a, in a home group, in a life group. I learned how to um, pray in a, in a small prayer group. I learned confidence in all of those areas in a small group, not in a big church meeting. I learned personally and in small group, and then the overflow happens on Sunday. That's where you grow in discipleship. There's such power and uh, belonging to a group or an interest group or a ministry group. And we've got our frontline teams and our kids' ministry teams and and I've always been involved in small groups, in prayer groups, in, in uh, ministry groups, because that's where you grow. You get confidence. You feel safe. Strongly encourage you to be involved in some area where relationship and ministry happens. Leadership is often developed in small groups. You learn to take responsibility, to follow someone up, to uh, be diligent, to fulfill an area of caring for a new Christian. Often helps happens in small groups. And boy, the rewards are awesome. There's a great sense of fulfillment and belonging as you build strong relationships to serve others. Romans 12, 3 to 10 says this in the message. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. <coughs> That's a good statement. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way round. Wow. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. That's a real challenge because we live in such an individual, self-centered society, and that's the opposite of Christianity. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. Wow, that is awesome. But as a chopped-off finger or a cut-off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we're not. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help, don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you put in charge, don't manipulate. That's a good one for leaders. If you're called to give aid to people in stress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Wow, that's for all the carers and parents. Keep a smile on your face. Wow, open with smile. That's what God's saying today. Love from the center 
of who you are. Don't fake it. Just be real. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. That's some great advice there on how are we meant to function in relationships, whether it's your marriage, your family, your friendships, our small groups, our church body, our workplace. There's some great teaching there on the body of Christ. Hey, it's great to have Ron Kays back in church. Welcome back, Ron. Recovering. Good on you, mate. God bless you. <coughs> Been in hospital and uh, recovering, so it's great to have you here, Ron. When I was out fishing yesterday, catching some shark and other notorious creatures from the deep, some of them you can eat and some of them you wouldn't eat, I was coming back and, and, and these four words dropped in my heart for today's message. So here they are, the four R's. Today's message is brought by the letter R. Relationship. Relationships are so important. God's created us to have friends and be in family and relationships. Don't be a loner. Say, well, I'm just one who just likes to do life on my own. We all, some of us are more introverts, and there are seasons in our life where we need that alone time. That's not wrong, but we are meant for relationships. Secondly, secondly when we get into relationships, guess what? A revelation starts to come. We start to become self-aware we become aware of our strengths and weaknesses. You become aware of your gifts and also your fears and needs. And that's when you get in relationships and intimacy, that's when those things become more obvious. You've got to start to face, well, I'm, I'm not real good on conflict resolution. Or I've realized I'm more self-centered than I thought. Every parent that has their first child realizes that quickly, don't you? <laughs> no more sleep for a while. Tim's still working that one out in Lydia. No, she does sleep right through now, so that's really good. At night time, daytime's another story. <laughs> you become self-aware and you've got to grow and face stuff. You start to realize, hey, I've got some hurts in my life and I don't trust people like I should. All of a sudden you start to, that comes out of relationship and commitment. And someone say, well, I've been hurt in a small group, so I'm never going back to one. Guess what? You are choosing to allow an offense hold you back from growing and maturing and flourishing and having the reward. We all face it. God says, hey, help us to face things. Don't blump and blame and dump. Blump and dame. We'll, we'll, we'll blame and dump. I need to get my glasses on. Don't blame and dump or run and hide, which is what our soul wants to do when we're faced with inadequacies or hurts, or disappointments. We want to run and hide, or we dump and blame. But we just read that with Christ, we start to speak the truth in love. With Christ, we start to become aware of what our strengths and weaknesses are, of what we can contribute, and you can't be what you're not. But God really wants you to be all that you can be. And that's amazing, much more than most of us think, by the grace of our God. So you have relationships, then you have the revelation, and then you have the restoration. Thank God for restoration. This is where you realize that um, you can be in a safe place of love, acceptance, and truth. You can have healing come in our lives. Many of you know what the word, the original meaning of for salvation is sozo. And sozo means wholeness. And so when you come to Christ and get saved... 
Jesus starts to work on wholeness for every part of our beings. He starts to work on your relational, your trust issues, your hope issues, your negativity. He starts to work on our speech and how we speak into and over people. God starts to work wholeness in our lives, and that's the discipleship process. But if we don't let ourselves get close enough to people and people close enough to us with accountability, then we will be hindered in the growth of those. Because you don't know whether you're healed in trust issues or hurt unless you let someone get close enough to find it out. You don't know whether you've got areas of humility or uh, submission to authority until you're in a team or a group with a leader. You don't know it. And that's how much God values the awesome body of Christ. And we can be a safe place. We're not perfect because we've got all these precious people that we're all on a journey. Christians under construction, someone called us. But the beauty of it is Christ works. And then the fourth R is rewards. Wow, the rewards of knowing you belong, you're fulfilled, you keep growing, you flourish where you're planted, you're blessed to be a blessing, you reproduce who you are. Wow, how awesome. So in relationships, connected in the body, belonging, getting involved, commitment, you have relationships, you're created from, you have revelation, you get become into awareness, and that can be awkward and painful, and sometimes you react. And that's why some marriages go through tough times because we, we see ourselves as a mirror in our kids or, or our spouses somehow just seem to press the buttons that get us so annoyed. Guess what? God may have put them there so you could grow. Uh-oh. Marilyn and I, we've chosen over the years just to flourish in our marriage. We have chosen to flourish, and we do, and we'll continue to. There's been a few times where we've had to, especially me, I've had to look at myself and say, whoa, you're not really listening. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. You go through the argument, then you realize that you're not really listening. <laughs> or you, you know, we all have those issues, but we've chosen to stay together and to flourish because we've learned God, godly, God makes binding relationships to build godly character. Friendships, some people just go from group to group and church to church. Whenever it gets a bit tough, they just run. You don't grow that way. You just build up more stuff, more walls. But thank God we've got hundreds of people here who love God and they're saying, I'm prepared to keep growing. An interesting thought as we start to wrap it up today. I read a book by Frank Damasio years ago and heard him preach on Beware of the Net Breakers. And it says, Jesus walked down the seashore and he saw Peter and John, the guys, repairing their nets after fishing. And nets speak of networks, relationships. And they get torn sometimes. And so he saw them stitching up the nets so that they could go out and be productive again next night catching fish. Relationships get strained, but we can choose to mend the nets or to walk away from them. Wow, in the body of Christ, God says, hey, let's find a way. Let's be restored. Let's be made whole. And so he listed off seven things that can be net breakers. Unresolved offenses, uncontrolled tongue, unforgiving spirit, unfulfilled expectations, unwise leadership actions, unidentified disloyalties, and uncontrolled charisma. Some of you started writing them down. You're not going to keep them. I just want to sow a seed because I'm going to teach on that. 
um, in the first few months of the year. I'm gonna, I, I just felt the Lord say, you need to take a hold of them so that we know how to be a net mender and maker and deal with the net breakers in, in our families, in our churches, in our communities. And I've never forgotten that message and it stirred my heart. We need to deal with the net breakers. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13 says, You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking to further, no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of this one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to live. How awesome is that? That's what church is about. That's what belonging to the body of Christ is. That's why we're born again, so that we can connect with our Father and then we can live it out in this amazing family called the Church of Jesus Christ. It's not a religious thing. This is life. This is life. We come to worship and we have life. We have prayer partners. We're, we're in part of a, a life group. We're a part of a team. We serve. We use our gifts. We're out to share the living truth with our whole community we come and we just keep on showing up until we get healed and whole some of us run and hide we've all done that but Jesus goes and seeks and saves those who are lost he finds the lost sheep he reaches out and says hey come on I'm going to lift your head and I'm going to start to show you truth so that you can move forward in freedom I just love God I love his church I love his people I think it's the most amazing change agent on the planet is the good news of Jesus flowing out through Christian men and women, godly marriages and families, churches that shine for Jesus. We're not going to forever see the church in this nation berated and in the news for all the wrong reasons. We're going to start to see the church of the living God so alive and powerful that many people are going to say, we can't do without our churches in our city or our community. And it comes out of you and I living lives that shine Jesus. It comes out of us in our families, our homes, our small groups, our large gatherings. And then from time to time, the parts, the different churches get together. We had an awesome day this uh, Wednesday. I'm the leader of the Minister's Association in town and we got together and had... 15 or more ministers together. We met at the Presbyterian Church for lunch. They've never, ever opened their doors for the rest of the other ministers to come. And this was the first time they've done that. And we had an awesome time together. One by one, God's linking the churches that have been on the outer together in our city. Every year, there's another one or two say, we're going to work together. How awesome is that? Why? Because Christ wants to show that we do life together whether we say our prayers a bit different or sing songs a bit different, we're going to work together just like the body of Christ here. The more we do it together, God commands the blessing and it overflows and hungry people say, "Why well, this is a safe place. I'm going to come here. I'm going to get connected 
to that group of people because there's truth, there's love. They're not perfect, but they're real and they're authentic and they're on a journey of we're going to work out how to live this for the kingdom of God. Let's stand together. I just love his kingdom. And this year we're going to work out ways to strengthen the core and to grow in our lives. Thanks, worship team, as you come. Let's just take just a couple of minutes before we finish today. We've just got a couple of minutes left. That last song we sang, what a powerful name. What a beautiful name. Oh, something happens when you worship Jesus because he becomes the focus. And we take our eyes off ourselves, our fears, our hurts, our sin, our pain, our limitations. And we even take them off one another to a measure. And we start to lift them to Jesus. And all of a sudden, we start to flow together. That's the power of worship. That's the power of prayer. Because we start to focus on Him. You're so good, Lord. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let the presence of Jesus just rest over our souls. For some of you, this is a message that you've heard before. It's not a new message, but we need to be reminded of how powerful is the body of Christ, how powerful is the family of God, how awesome it is to be connected, flowing, and using our gifts and experiences to bless others. For some of us, this is a challenging word because you've been through way too much brokenness and pain in relationships and even disappointments maybe in church life. But God's grace says, hey, come on, we're going to learn how to do this with truth in love. We're going to learn how to do this by the Spirit and I'm going to be willing to let God change me. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 